right, all right, all right. It's on, it's on like Donkey Kong. Woo! Donkey Kong, one of the newest stars in the theater right now. <laughs> Good morning, Oso Creek. All right, everybody's awake, feeling good, feeling peppy, feeling snappy. Anybody wake up this morning going, I just feel snappy. Where's Brandon? Is, is Brandon here this morning? Uh, he does the snap off or something on uh, KBNJ. I love that. Hey, I am glad you guys are here to look to somebody, not your spouse, not your, you know, look to somebody different and just say, I'm glad you're here, okay? Somebody, because uh, that, that it's, it's easy to say that to our spouse. Welcome everybody to Oso Creek Church. My name's uh, Greg. I'm the lead pastor. I want to welcome everybody here that's in the house and everybody that's watching us online right now, the 3.5 million people that are streaming live. Yeah. That's evangelistically speaking, okay? Um, Because we're counting all of the great cloud of witnesses that Hebrews talks about as well, right? Amen. Hey, again, I'm so glad you're with us, and if if you are uh, new to the church, last couple of weeks you've been coming, or this is your first Sunday, man, this is a great community. Uh, We we, we love the Lord, we love His Word, and we love each other, and I just invite you, if you haven't found a home church, man, or if you're watching and just checking out different churches, I invite you to come and just check us out, try us out. You know, uh, Rob said something really wonderful, there's something that's awesome about community, and, and when there's great community, especially like in our life groups or in the, this, the women's Bible study, that, that's basically a, a life group in itself because they group up into different things, and our student ministry has little groups, but when you go through things in life, as you journey in this walk of faith, there's people that'll come along beside you, people that'll be there with you that can pray with you and help you and talk to you, and, and even you Maybe you're not going through something, but you've gone through something and you can share that experience with someone else. That's why life groups are so important. And I ask, if you've not joined one yet, why haven't you and what's holding you back? Uh, all the life group information is available online. I think I talk about that in the pastor's corner, but in the Bible studies and the, the men's retreat that's going to come up pretty soon, we're going to have a new men's breakfast coming up. These are times when we can meet together in community because the Christian walk I've said it before, it's not a solo sport, right? It's, uh, we're in this thing together. Wow, that was not the message for today, uh, but that's a good message right there, right? Uh, if you got a Bible, go to the book of Acts this morning in the New Testament, Acts chapter 1. I want to give a big hearty welcome to uh, my in-laws, Ted and Gail McCutcheon, all the way from the big city of Alamogordo, New Mexico. Yeah. This is Megan's mom and dad, and we welcome them. I feel so bad. My, my oldest daughter, Tatum, was here a couple of weeks ago uh, during Palm Sunday, and I got so into everything, I forgot, to, I forgot to announce her. I have to apologize to her. Yeah. But it's also good to have Jake Griffin, our worship pastor, his mom and dad with us as well today. And John was up here playing the guitar. John and Esther, which is awesome. And, and I, I can't go and announce everybody. I, I don't know. But I welcome all of you. Yay. It's all good. All right, all right, listen. So two Sundays ago, what was two Sundays ago? Palm Sunday. Man, time flies when you're having a good time, doesn't it? (laughs) Two Sundays ago was Palm Sunday, and my message was focused on the cross and Jesus dying for us. That was an event 
in Jesus' timeline when he walked this earth. Last Sunday was what? All right? And my focus was on the what? Hey, you were listening. All right. You guys, it makes me feel good. All right. You guys were there. Okay. So we talked about the cross on Palm Sunday. We talked about the resurrection on Easter Sunday. The next event on the biblical timeline in Jesus' life is the ascension of Jesus back into heaven. So this morning, I, I want to talk about the ascension of Christ, but also, I also want to talk about the next event of Jesus after that, which is similar in a way. There's an old saying that goes like this. I guarantee you, you can finish this thought. What goes up must all right, so yeah, what goes up must come down. So we're also not only going to talk about the ascension of Christ, but we're going to talk about the return of Christ as well. That is one of my all-time favorite subjects to talk about, okay? Um, so let's, if we start reading Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 11, the, the book says, In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach. Until the day when he was taken up, after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen, he presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. Okay, I talked about the great appearance last week of Jesus and how he made all of these appearances to his followers and his disciples. And so Acts 1 here records that it was a 40-day span. Verse 4 says, And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You heard from me. So Jesus is about to reveal a promise from the Father God, okay? But then also something that he had been talking about while he was walking this earth. Verse 5, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Again, they, they had a different idea of what Jesus was really had, had come to do. He said to them in verse 7, it's not for you to know times or seasons that the Father is fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Now, if you are a parent that has a kid in Team Kid, Feroso Kids on Wednesday night, that was their memory verse last week. I thought it was awesome. And the girls, Tegan and Clea, were reciting it as we were driving to Team Kid, all right? You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Verse 9. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, they're, they're looking at Jesus, he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. All right? And while they were gazing into heaven as he went, they're like, Okay, all right, picture it. Behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand there looking into heaven? 
this Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Wow! Man, can we just praise God for his word? Dude, that's, that's an awesome, awesome passage of scripture, okay? So the book of Acts, where we just read our text from, it follows, pretty much immediately, the gospel of Luke in the New Testament. The book of Acts is sort of a, you know, sequel to the gospel of Luke. If, if you know, Hollywood movies were making a movie, it, w- it would be Luke, then the sequel, Acts, okay? You guys like that Hollywood voice? You like the narration? All right. So both New Testament books were written by the same man, the same author. This is a guy by the name of, can you guess it? Luke, all right, not Luke Skywalker, but Luke the physician in the New Testament, all right? And, and he was a very educated man, very well learned. He, he was uh, into science and he, he was you know, considered a physician. And he was also a companion to the Apostle Paul. When the Apostle Paul went on many of his missionary journeys, Luke went along with him as well, okay? And both of these books, the Gospel of Luke and the book of Acts, are both written to a man named Theophilus who is probably a person of some importance, maybe a government official, not really for sure, no. We, we don't really know for sure, you know, his great importance, but this guy was important enough for Luke to write these two books just for this guy, okay? And so Luke, the physician, what, what he's doing in the Gospel of Luke and Acts is he's given a detailed, trustworthy, historical account of everything that has happened in the life of Jesus while Jesus walked this earth, as well as the formation of the early church and the events of the early church in the book of Acts. So Luke was kind of like an investigative journalist. And he would travel around and he was using his travels, he was using his status, okay? He was an important guy. An educated man, he was using his contacts to go around and to talk to people and interview people and hear eyewitness accounts of things, and he was getting the facts straight about Jesus and the early church, okay? Much like there's a guy, a contemporary today, his name is Lee Strobel. How many of you have heard of him? He's written quite a few books called The Case for Christ the case for the Bible, the case for Christmas, the case for Easter, the case for faith. The, I mean, he's got like, like 300,000 books on the case of. Lee Strobel was an investigative journalist for the Chicago Tribune. There's been even a, the Case for Christ movie depicts this. He was a devout atheist. His wife became a believer, and that upset him. It irritated him. So he's like, I'm going to prove her wrong. So as an investigative journalist, he interviewed people and traveled and did all kinds of stuff. And he come to find out in all of his research and everything, man, Christ is real. The word of God is real. And he gave his heart to the Lord. And now he is an apologist for Christ and the word of God. But he used all of his contacts and interviewed and traveled and, 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 and did all this research. That's kind of what Luke has done in the gospel of Luke and the book of Acts. Luke was not into fake news, okay? Hashtag fake news. He wanted the real scoop. He wanted the real story. 
And Luke references the ascension of Christ in both of his books. Here in our text, Acts chapter 1, verse 11, but also in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 24, verses 50 through 53, and we'll read that in a minute. So after the resurrection of Jesus that we talked about last week, Jesus appeared to his disciples and his followers for 40 days, continuing to teach them, to be with them, and to instruct them. And on the 40th day, as Jesus is talking to them, okay, verse 9 through 11 in our text records, a cloud takes Jesus out of their sight. I mean, can you, can you just possibly put yourself in that scene? I mean, how cool is that, all right? Jesus is walking with you and he's talking with you and, 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 and you know, he looks at you and then steps on a little cloud and rises all the way up into heaven in that cloud. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, um, for the, uh, <laughs> the Easter festival, I went to Janice Cakery and, and uh, Jeff Preer had called and, and organized and she's going to donate a lot of cakes and appreciate him calling, but do you guys remember when we launched the Growing Into Our Future campaign, we had those helium balloons in the lobby, okay? Well, they were in my truck, and when I went to put the cakes in my truck, one of those helium balloons, like, escaped. Anybody ever have that happen to you? And what happens? Dude, it just floats. And I, I literally watched this one balloon. I stood there, I don't know how long, but I'm just gazing as this balloon is just floating, and it keeps going, and it keeps going, and it keeps going. And I mean, it was, it, I got it to work like, I mean, I, I was pretty impressed that I could still see it. 2020, you know, hawk vision eyes that I have. You know what I'm saying? And, and it just, that's kind of what, can you imagine the apostles and Jesus and just, and then Jesus is, gets little and little and little and little and little and little. And, and then he's like, well, he doesn't go poof. I mean, he didn't poof. I don't think he poofed. And then he's gone. No, but he just keeps going up and up and up and up, you know? And I've, I've always pictured in this story that, uh, that, all of a sudden, there was this boom, a little cumulus cloud that came down, and Jesus stepped on it, okay? And then it kind of went into heaven, all right? I remember Frozen 1, that, how long ago Frozen 1 was? You know, Olaf got his own little personal cumulus flurry cloud, you know, that, that a cloud like that appeared, and then, then Jesus, you know, this little bitty cushiony, cottony cloud, and Jesus floated into heaven. So he's like, and so my disciples, as I was saying, oh, wait, there's a little cloud. It's for me. See you guys, I'm out of here. Good luck. God bless you all. <laughs> but in actuality, in all truth, it was much more than that. This was a grand and a glorious event. It wasn't just some little bitty cloud. Listen, uh, many places in Scripture, a cloud is mentioned and a cloud is used and represents, it's associated with the manifestation of God's presence. A lot of times, especially in the Old Testament, man, there was one time, man, the, the, the Shekinah glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle was so thick, they couldn't even go in there and minister. When Moses would go in before the presence of the God, a presence of God, a cloud would appear and, and it would represent the manifest presence of God. Powerful and awesome. And, and oftentimes when that would happen, men would fall flat on their knees or they had fall on their face because they knew they were in the presence of God. So most likely, gang, this wasn't just this little bitty personal cloud. Jesus was most likely surrounded by a cloud of glory 
bright and shining and, and from the very presence of the Father. And man, I just say, that would be amazing to see, right? That just, man, I, and you can kind of, like, like that, a little bit of that, the picture there, like this, just a glow all around Christ. It would have been an amazing thing. And the apostles probably looked at each other when it was all over, and they're kind of like Bill and Ted, they're like, whoa, excellent! Now, that's really old, but that's okay, all right? They were just probably like, dude, did you see that? Wasn't that amazing? Did that really happen in front of us? And they're like, yes, it did. So I want to unpack this event of Christ that the two angels in our text proclaim in verse 11. They proclaim that Christ ascended, and the angel said he would return. So, so first off, why did Jesus ascend? You know, we read this in the Bible, and we've heard about it, but have you ever really thought about the why? Why did Jesus ascend back into heaven? Why not just stay around on the earth in person forever? Wouldn't that be cool? Wouldn't that be awesome? I mean, just imagine if Jesus were still physically present in, in, in person in the world today. Most likely he would be featured on CNN, Fox News, I don't know, all kinds of news and media outlets just like any other very popular person is today or some head of state, you know, giving interviews, news cameras traveling everywhere, paparazzi trying to get the latest pictures of him and stuff, you know. They might broadcast what Jesus was saying and teaching and showing, you know, miracles that he would be performing. And then we think, would Jesus have his own Facebook page? Would he have his own Instagram account? <laughs> Can you imagine that Instagram account? Would he have his own YouTube channel with like 10 billion gazillion subscribers on there, all right? If Jesus were still here in person, people could travel to meet him and see him and talk with him. Most likely he would travel all over the world and appear to people all over the world in person just like he did during those 40 days after the resurrection. Maybe his teaching and his messages would be live streamed for people all over the world to watch live. Maybe then they'd be saved in an online archive where people could watch them over and over again and listen to Jesus' message over and over again. I mean, that'd be incredible, right? It would be incredible. In a way, sort of, but in a big way, not so much as well, okay? Be, because Christ's plan and what we have and what we experience now today is, is so much better. It's so much better than that scenario I just listed. Even Jesus thought so and, and said the same sentiment in John 16, that for him to go, it, it'd be for our benefit, okay? And, and here's the why. Here's why Jesus didn't just stick around in person. There's three reasons. First off, it was a necessity. First off, it was a necessity. It was a necessity for his disciples, for his followers, and for us, for him to ascend. You see, the disciples, they didn't physically see Jesus rise from the dead. That happened on the third morning. Stone was rolled away, okay? But his post-resurrection appearances in bodily form proved that he rose from the dead. That's what I talked about last week. Now, get this. 
Jesus had to ascend in front of their eyes so that they could see it, they could believe it, and then they could proclaim it. Your story never changes when you're an eyewitness to something, right? It doesn't change. I talked about that last week as well, okay? Imagine this scenario. If Jesus just disappeared in the night while they were all asleep, and they woke up. Where's Jesus? You say, hey, you seen Jesus? Hey, hey, John, you seen Jesus? No, he was here last night. He was, you know, what if he just disappeared in the night? What if he just walked off in the distance in front of their eyes and never came back? Or some scenario like that. Hey, guys, I'm going camping. You'll never see me again. And they watched him walk off, all right? Can you imagine how the, uh, the apostles and the followers of Jesus would have felt? What they would have done? There would always be questions. Their lives would always be filled with questions like, where did he go? Where is he living right now? Is he coming back to us at some time? Will we ever see him again? We watched him walk off. Where did he go? What's happening? Let's go find him, you know. And then maybe the, the apostles would spend the rest of their lives traveling all over the known world looking for Jesus, all right? They wouldn't believe that he was in glory with the Father. They would just think that he ventured off over into a a different country or a different land, and maybe Jesus was most likely living somewhere else on the earth, perhaps even off the grid, if there was even a grid at that time. Maybe Jesus would be on a beach in Port Aransas, rocking in a hammock, you know, sipping on water with fresh strawberries with a fishing pole in the, the shore. Who knows, right? But praise God for the necessity of the ascension. They saw him ascend with their own eyes in broad daylight, right in the middle of conversation. They personally saw it. And Luke writes and records that those who saw it went away rejoicing. Look at Luke's account of this in Luke chapter 24, verses 50 through 53. Then he, this is Jesus, led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. Oh, man, that's awesome. Bless us, Jesus. Man, lift up your hands and bless us, Jesus. Wow. While he blessed them, he parted from there and was carried up into heaven. And they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem, what? With great joy and were continually in the temple blessing God. Praise the Lord, gang. The ascension of Jesus gave his followers hope. His ascension gave them hope. It encouraged them. They didn't leave the ascension of Christ depressed, downtrodden, discouraged, dejected, and afraid. Like in the garden when Jesus was arrested, they all scattered. And then when some of them saw him being crucified and the report came out that Jesus died on the cross, they went into hiding. They were destroyed dejected, they were discouraged, they were timid, they were frightened, they were afraid. No, Luke discovered that they were actually encouraged and happy, and they worshiped Jesus, and they returned to Jerusalem with great joy, praise the Lord. In the Greek language that the New Testament was written in, here in in Luke's gospel, the the Greek for great joy, you know what it really means? Great joy. (laughs) 
If we sum it all down, it means great joy. They were happy. They were pumped up. They were excited. If it happened today, they'd be high-fiving each other. They'd probably be recording each other doing TikTok dances. They'd be so happy. It'd be awesome. I mean, they were just having a, a great time. They didn't see him a sin and be like, oh, I guess it's all over now. Oh, man, what are we going to do, guys? No, they were rejoicing because there was a promise as well that he would return, okay? So the ascension gave Jesus' followers proof where he had gone, proof where he had gone. Man, just this last week, Tegan and Kalea were home for Easter on Monday. How many of your kids were? Is every, all schools closed on Monday? That's, that's new. It didn't happen up in northern Kentucky. And so I'm, I'm boiling some lunch, some macaroni noodles, okay? And, and these girls had had a little water balloon fight outside. And I thought they were going into their bedroom to change. I didn't know where they were going. I, 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 they, they took out, and I didn't know this, but all of a sudden, it, it got very quiet in the house. Any parent been there? Or grandparent, foster parent, anybody? And you're like, girls, okay, girls, Girls, we're, we're girls, you know, and nowhere to be found. So God, what do I do? I go outside. Girls, nothing. nothing. Panic starts to set in in this father's heart, okay? Uh, there's no crap. They're not in the front yard. They're in the backyard. They're not in the side yard. So I look in the garage. Maybe they're riding their bikes. There's their bikes right there. Well, I thought they were changing out their bathing suits because they had the water balloon fight. Nothing in the floor because that's where their bathing suits would be in the floor, right? So I start going outside. Girls, girls. Maybe they're in Kyler, my oldest daughter's car. I look in there. They're not there. And I'm sitting in my front yard, and it's an eerie silence. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. All of a sudden, all these 3,000 datelines that Megan's made me watch on Friday nights are going through my mind. You know what I mean? Ah! And so I'm, I'm starting to panic here. I start running down the road. My neighbor starts running, too. He heard me. This construction worker heard me there. And I'm like, have you guys seen these little girls? And then two kids from the neighborhood were running. I said, have you guys seen them? Yeah, they're way down there. And I'm like, girls, what are you doing? So anyway, maybe that's what would have happened with the apostles. They're like, where's he at, guys? Where's he going? He was our teacher. He was our mentor. He was our master. He was our rabbi. He was our Lord. Where is he gone? And panic would fill their hearts because they were so uncertain of what happened to Jesus. But the ascension gang gave them proof where he had gone. That's important to know. It gave proof to his resurrection, his message, his mission, and the ongoing work that he commissioned. Because he told them right after he left, we read this in Matthew, he said, hey, go into the world, make disciples, teach people, baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Now when they know where he went, man, that gives validity to the mission and the commission of Christ. And they went away rejoicing. The ascension allowed the disciples and followers of Jesus to know exactly where he was, where he had gone. No confusion, no wondering, no uncertainty. They knew it. And something happened inside of them. Because of that truth and that fact, it caused them all to begin to focus on eternity and focused on, on his glory and being with Jesus. It caused them to begin waiting and looking for his return. You see, when you start reading the New Testament letters, you, you see that hope and that, that eagerly waiting and expecting, you know, salted all throughout the New Testament letters. And that all happened because of the ascension. 
The ascension changed their focus in regards to the kingdom of God from being a physical kingdom on this earth to a kingdom in glory and in eternity. It changed their focus from Christ working on this earth to the work being commissioned to them to carry on. They had been watching Jesus do all these miracles and all this work, and now it was a shift. It was on to them now. Jesus sent them out to fulfill the Great Commission. And just like us today, the necessity of the ascension, it, it applies to us in much the same ways. Right where we're living right here in 2023. That's the second aspect of why Jesus ascended, okay? Why he didn't stick around anymore. And physical person is because the Holy Spirit descended. The Holy Spirit descended when Jesus ascended. That's, Acts, that's recorded in Acts chapter 2. This is a huge reason why Jesus ascended. Look, if Jesus were still here today, physically in person, okay? We wouldn't need faith because Jesus could be seen. We'd probably see him, you know. Have you seen what Jesus is up to lately? Oh, check it out. I'm looking at his live feed, you know. We'll follow his Twitter account. We'll, we'll, you know, all those kinds of things, okay. We could travel to him. We, we'd see him live and in person. And that would negate the very important verse in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 6, where it says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Because we would be able to see him. He'd be right there, right? We'd be able to see him and track him and know where he is. And if Jesus were still around physically today, live and in person, it's kind of bad news for everyone because it just wouldn't work for everyone. It wouldn't be practically spiritually because Jesus wouldn't be able to be everywhere with everyone all the time. If you tried to send Jesus a text or call him, Maybe you'd get a voicemail or a robot response, you know, because he was busy with somebody else, you know. I mean, just today, or I'm sorry, tomorrow, because the offices are closed, but tomorrow, try to make a personal phone call to the governor of this state and see what happens. <laughs> you wouldn't get through, would you? No, uh-uh. Because there's too many, there's too many Texans, all right, probably trying to contact him, Okay. If Jesus was still on this earth, you, you probably would have as much of a chance of meeting him physically in person and personally talking to him one-on-one -on -one as you would have of meeting and talking to the president of our country one-on-one -on -one today or any other famous or notable person. Because there's, so there's so many people on the earth, right? You know, and I know a lot of you moms with kids, you're like, there's only one of me, you know, right? <laughs> there's only one, right? there most likely would be no access to Jesus for the ordinary citizen of the world. There just wouldn't be access, most likely. But here's, where, here's the good news, gang. Praise God. The Holy Spirit can be everywhere and with everyone all the time. Praise the Lord. He's omnipresent. And he teaches us. He leads us. He convicts us. He fills us. He talks to us. He nudges us on what to do. He comforts us. He helps us. He empowers us, right? That's a big amen. Yes. Everyone should have said amen, right? The disciples felt, see, get this. They felt empowered when they were in Jesus' physical presence. It was a good thing. 
They, they rode a high when they were walking and traveling with Jesus. When they could see Jesus right there, they loved it. And they wanted to be around Jesus all the time. They wanted to follow Jesus everywhere that he went. That's why when he would say, hey, not too long from now, I'm going to be leaving you guys. It would fear their heart. It would fill their heart with fear. Because they're like, well, what are you talking about? Where are you going? We, we want to be with you, Jesus. And when the disciples were with Jesus physically, man, he taught them, he led them, they got conviction from him, he challenged them, he comforted them, he helped them, he filled them with his presence and joy and love, and he empowered them while he was with them. And gang, the Holy Spirit does that with us today. That's what the Holy Spirit does in us and for us and through us. One of my very first messages that I spoke as a, as a young person, like two weeks ago, even before going into the ministry, it was about the Holy Spirit. I think JC caught that. That's right, yeah. And I mentioned this very true fact. The Holy Spirit is with us spiritually, just like Jesus was with the disciples physically. I want, to, I want to repeat that for everybody that's standing outside, okay? <laughs> the Holy Spirit is with us spiritually just like Jesus was with the disciples physically. Gang, Jesus is with us through the presence of the Holy Spirit. Amen. That's why he ascended. So he could be with us presently all the time for everyone who believes and that's done through the Holy Spirit. So Jesus could be with us presently all the time for everyone who calls on his name. Paul writes about that in Romans. Through the presence of the Holy Spirit. That means the minute you have a need, you're going through something. You can get on your knees and call out to Christ. He's there. You don't have to travel to where Jesus is going to be if he's going to be over in Sweden at a conference. I got to get to Jesus. I got to travel over there so he can hear me. No, you just get on your knees and say, Jesus, I need you. He's right there because the Holy Spirit is with us. That's why he ascended. Jesus said himself that this was for our advantage and benefit that he ascend so that he could send the Holy Spirit to be with us all the time. This is in John chapter 16, starting with verse 5. Listen to Jesus' words. But now I'm going to him who sent me, it's the Father, and none of you Ask me, where are you going? But because I've said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart, because he had told them he's leaving, all right? Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It's to your advantage, your benefit, that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Verse 13, Jesus continues, when the spirit of truth comes, he's talking about the Holy Spirit, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. He will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare to you all that the Father has is mine. Therefore, I said, he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Praise the Lord, man. Praise the Lord. You understand the implication of that, what Jesus is saying here. He's like, dude, it's for your benefit that I go to be with my Father because then I can send the Holy Spirit who's going to be with you and in you and he's going to work through you and everything that's mine, I'm through and through. I'm going to let him be a vessel and it's going to go right into you and you're going to have it all. That's the all-sufficiency of Christ. 
Everything that you need, everything that I need is found in Jesus Christ. And that's what Christ is talking about there, through the presence of the Holy Spirit. And we see the fulfillment of what Jesus is talking about in John 16. Ten days, ten days after the ascension of Jesus, the power of the Holy Spirit fell on 120 disciples and followers of Jesus in the upper room, and they left that upper room empowered by the gift of the Father, feeling the presence of Christ with them through the Holy Spirit, and they changed the world. They changed the world. This really happened, and it's recorded by Luke in Acts chapter 2. And Acts chapter 2, you know, this thing we call the church, Acts chapter 2 is actually where the church began. Jesus ascended so the church could begin. Get this, you ready for your mind to be blown? And I'm almost, I'm almost done, okay? Pentecost means 50 days. And the day of Pentecost, okay, Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost in Acts 2, was 50 days after the resurrection. Dude, God's got it all planned, man. God's got the timetable all figured out. And I know as I, I close, you, you might be thinking this morning, well, Greg, I thought the Holy Spirit, a member of the Holy Trinity, has been around since the beginning. And I would say, you are correct, winner, winner, chicken express dinner. Man, they got good hush puppies. Right, Justin? Yeah, all right. But his role, if I could use that term and word, has been different throughout Scripture. We see in the word that since the very beginning, the Holy Spirit has been present and active. In Genesis chapter 1-2, we, re we read that the Spirit of God hovered over the waters in the creation event. We see that the Holy Spirit would act and move in the Old Testament here and there in prophets, in characters, in situations all throughout the Old Testament. In the New Testament, Luke 1-41, when Mary, who, who birthed Christ, went to see her cousin Elizabeth, who was pregnant with the J-O-B, John the Baptist, the word says that when Mary greeted Elizabeth, the baby, John the Baptist, leaped inside of her and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In the New Testament, we see him present at the water baptism of Jesus where he descended like a dove in Luke 3.22. These are just a few instances of the Holy Spirit being active in the Old Testament and the New Testament. But now, now, gang, after Jesus ascended and sent the Holy Spirit, it's not just a here and there. No, it's, 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 he's with us all the time, helping us through this life. The Holy Spirit doesn't take a coffee break, praise the Lord. And somebody needs to put that on Instagram or something. That's a good meme. That'd be a good meme. <laughs> the Holy Spirit doesn't take a coffee break. Jake, if you want to come up, I don't know where you're sitting right now, but you can come. Oh, there you are, brother. Thank you. That lets everybody know Greg's wrapping it up, all right? That's good. <laughs> <laughs> Gang, Jesus is with us through the presence of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit testifies of Jesus. The Holy Spirit shows Jesus. And Jesus is with us, praise the Lord. So, so if you need some teaching in your life from God's Word, maybe you, you, you need a challenger. Maybe you need to be filled. Maybe you need Christ's love or Christ's help or Christ's peace or His joy his joy, his hope, his empowerment. If you need an inner transformation, 
some spiritual heart surgery, okay? Get into his presence. Get into his presence. Worship the Lord. Praise him. Get into his word. Meditate, which means think about the Lord. Call out to Jesus. Run to him. Draw near to him. Get, get close, James 4 and 8. Get close. It's an old movie that's kind of a Christmas movie. This guy, he wants to date this girl, and she made a movie, and he goes, you just leaned into me. <laughs> and she's like, no, I didn't. But he's like, yeah, I saw you lean. Listen, we need to do that with Jesus. We need to lean in to Jesus. Get into his presence. You know, because often I think we, we, we think in ourselves, if I could just see Jesus, you know, all my life I've heard about him, I've read about him, I've been following him, but if I could just see Jesus, if Jesus were physically here with me through this, where we're kind of like Thomas before Jesus appeared to him, if, if I could just see the, the, the nails in his hands and feet and feel his side, then I would believe, then I'd be okay, then I would change, then I would really be all about him, okay? I, and, and in my situation, if I could just see him, then I, I know I'd be okay. Man, he, he is with us. He is with you. I don't care what you're facing. I don't care what you're going through. He is with you presently through the presence of the Holy Spirit indwelling us, baptizing us, and empowering us. Jesus is standing before us all constantly saying, as he said in Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, come to me. Come to me, all of you who are, who are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. I love Acts chapter 17, verse 27. It says, Christ is not far from us. Praise God. It's typically us. It's, it's we who stand at a distance from Christ. It's typically us who say, Jesus, you stay over there. I'll call you when I need you. And I, I like my little world the way it is. It's often we who don't feel worthy enough to approach Christ. How can Christ love me? How can he be presently with me? Can he see what I've done? Can he see what's going on in my heart? Can he see how I've thought and what I've, how I've acted and how I've been? I feel so unlovable all the time. I've done too many things to deserve Christ's love and his presence. Me? I don't think so, Greg. How can Christ be with me? I'm, I'm just not good. Guess what? You haven't done too much wrong. You, you, you haven't messed up too many times. You haven't done anything that doesn't deserve Christ's love and presence. No, he ascended so that the Holy Spirit could descend and indwell in our lives when we say yes to him and become his believers and his followers. And the Holy Spirit makes Jesus' presence real in our everyday lives and changes us to be more like Jesus and baptizes us into a greater power and boldness than we've ever known before for empowered living for him. This last point this morning, the third one, the ascension was a necessary or was necessary, was essential and a benefit for the disciples, for the world, and for us today. Now I'm going to close this message this morning, but it's not the end of the story. Next week, I'm going to talk about the second half of the angel's message in verse 11 of our text. Jesus will return the same way you saw him go into heaven. Woo! 
That's good. He's returning. That should excite us. That should comfort us. That should encourage us. But this morning, some of you need to know that Jesus is present with you right now. Right in the middle of your junk. Right in the middle of your circumstance. Right in the middle of your situation. He knows you. He sees you. He's calling out. He's reaching out to you. Just like the song we sang earlier, it says, Jesus, you're still enough. So I'd encourage you this morning, be filled with the Holy Spirit and allow him to move in your heart and move in your life and bring the peace that only comes from Jesus. Philippians chapter four, verses six through seven. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and guard your minds in Christ Jesus. Do you need his peace? Run to him. Say, Lord, fill me. Colossians 3.15, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. That's you this morning. Take some time and pray. Lord, I need you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Fill me with your Spirit who testifies of Christ. And let the peace of Christ reign in my life. Many of us have said yes to Christ. But when's the last time you've said, Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit? You ascended so you could, the Holy Spirit could descend. You ascended. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Let Christ's presence be real to me. And maybe you're one that's off standish to Jesus. The day is today, my friend. Right now, right here. You online too. You're not exempt. The Bible says that today is the day of salvation. You can say yes to Christ. You can pull him and say, let me give you a big hug, Jesus. I want to be your follower. I want to be your disciple. I want to live for you, not me. Your real life could start today just by saying yes to Christ. He's here. He's standing in front of all of us right now. And he knows every part of us and he's saying come to me Lord I just come before you and just thank you for your word Lord I thank you for your word thank you that you ascended Jesus thank you that you left this earth I, I, I thank you for, for that you walked this earth perfectly you're the only human ever to, to walk it to face all the temptations we do all the junk that's in this world but yet you did it without sin so that you could go to the cross and become, become our uh, sacrifice, atoning for our sins. Then you, you faced death and hell and the grave. And three days later, you rose from the dead. And then thank you, Jesus, that you ascended so that the Holy Spirit would descend and fill our lives and fill our hearts and let us know that Jesus, you're right here with us, just like that poem, Footprints in the Sand. So often in life, you're carrying us, Lord. You're carrying us. 
And sometimes, God, I've been on your back, I've been on your shoulders, but you're still carrying it. I thank you. And so whoever is here this morning or watching online, Lord, you know them, you see them. I pray they would feel your presence even right now. And strength would come from your presence. You would give peace to them right now, Lord. Lord, fill us with your Holy Spirit. Jesus, I'm reminded of when you made an appearance to the apostles, you looked at them and you, you breathed upon them and you said, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Breathe on us, Jesus. Fill us with your Spirit and let your presence be known to us. And for that one Lord who's kept you at arm's distance for so long, God, let them know you love them so much that you're calling out to them, that you want to be close, you want to be personal. You don't expect us to live perfectly, to do it all right. It's just you, you want us to invite you into every area of our life so that you can change us through your Holy Spirit. Touch us today. Touch us today. Jesus. Touch us, Jesus. Let him move in your heart right now. Let him move in your life. Verbally call out to him. I need you, Jesus. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Fill me with you, Lord. All of you. Like Greg likes his coffee cup, God. Full, all the way to the top. <laughs> Spilling all over. Fill me with all of you. He's moving right now. He's moving right now. Do what only you can do, Lord. Hallelujah. Do what only you can do, Lord. Lord, do that heart surgery spiritually on us. Jesus. Hallelujah. Like I said, as we sing this last song and closing of our service, you can come and Pray in your seat. There's, come up if you feel, if you like to do that. That's, that's more than appropriate. If you need prayer, I'll be over here like I, I normally do. Love to pray with you. Hallelujah. Let's take this last song and just even cry out to him. As children of the Father. Paul said, if we confess Jesus with our mouth as our Lord and Savior and we believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. Look, I don't have to ask you to raise your hand or come forward or say a special prayer. You can believe in your heart this morning. You can say, Jesus, I want you in my life. I want to follow you. I want to be a different person. Come in and change me. I'm going to follow you for the rest of my life. You do that, man. You're in the family of God, according to the word. Praise God. Do that today. And if you're going through a rough patch of life, be encouraged. Have hope. Jesus is with you through the presence of the Holy Spirit. And he's not going to leave you. And he's not going to forsake you.